Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. How can four letters bring you so much stress? Today, we're talking about debt. Yes. D-E-B-T, Kate. These you are the four right, letters. Owen. I know, I got it right. Wow. I would have passed grade yeah. two um, spelling. So, these four letters can bring a lot of financial pain and kind of misery to a lot of people for a very long period of time. And they can hold you back from moving forwards. Yeah. And so, in this Starter Pack episode, we're taking you through the common forms of debt, strategies to reduce the debt ASAP, and some of the things that you can lean into if you need help. Being under financial pressure is one of the most like excruciating things. It can affect you physically, mentally. It will it will take its toll on relationships. It will affect the way you live your life. And so we're trying today as a community together to help you get the most from your money, to pay back these debts, to feel good about yourself, to feel good about your financial situation. And most importantly, remind you, that you can live debt-free. Yeah, and you're not doing it alone and I think that's really important. A lot of people going through this feel quite a sense of shame and I think that's not – it doesn't really help you. And so in our community, people share examples of getting out of debt. We've had people listen to stories on our podcast. So just try to find as many resources as possible to remind you that you're not doing this alone. There are millions of Australians that are in debt. Mm -hmm. And if we can just help a few people get out with some strategies, some tips and tricks, and even help a few people not get into debt in the first place, I think we'll have done our job. Yes. And so you are one of those people. Today, we're speaking directly to you. If you have any form of debt, I have a mortgage and um, there are even things that we can do with a mortgage. Basically, a lot of debt, and we're going to talk about the types of debt, uh, will be debilitating, but some debt is actually okay. So, we're not here to say that all debt should be outlawed. I think people that do try to tell you that maybe are a little bit kind of misguided in insofar as they maybe are trying to apply a general rule to everything. Um, I think that's how I used to be. I used to say all debt is bad, but now I've realized that some debt is okay and some debt can actually help you. Um, But it's important to know which debt is ugly, which debt is good, and which debt is okay to have. Yeah, and Um, like like money, debt is a tool and it can be used for good and it can be used for bad. And um, I think that's important. And as we go through, we'll differentiate between different types of debt because you can't really bunch it all into one basket like your hex debt which you've got from doing your uni degree is completely different to paying 20 percent interest per year on a credit card so i think it's just important not to group them all into one basket um as we go through as well and sometimes there's situations where Mm. you you do have to enter into debt that you might not want to and so how can you make sure you um get into a as small of a debt as possible. Yeah, and you can manage that. So, Kate's already hit the head, a nail on the head there that there are different forms of debt. Just to clear up some um, jargon that we have in the industry, typically when we talk about the amount of a loan, we're talking about the total outstanding balance. So, when you log into your your bank, you might see that there's a a debt against your name 
Um, that's typically what you have to pay off, but then you'll pay interest on top of that. So the interest is um, usually expressed in a percentage. They should have like a, if it's a, if it's a home loan, they might have um, like a comparison rate, although that's not always 100% accurate because it typically uses a small balance, like $150,000 to do that calculation. Um, there are fees that come on top of the interest rate. So let's say you have a credit card and it's charging you 20%. It may also be charging you $1,000 or $500 a year just for the right to have it, which is kind of like a double whammy. You're getting, you're getting smacked twice with that one. Um, and then, you know, there is a, a thing called the term. The term is basically how long you have before the debt should be repaid. The longer the term, the lower the repayments. And repayments are those things that you have every month or every week or every fortnight or even every quarter, depending on how you pay. Um, and your credit card, for example, is typically monthly. So it has monthly repayments, um, but the term might be open-ended. It might be ongoing. Whereas a mortgage might have quarterly or even fortnightly repayments and the term might be 30 years. If the th term was longer than that, the repayments would be smaller, but you'd pay more interest. So you want to minimize the amount of interest you pay. Yeah. And knowing if you're paying interest or being paid interest. And I think that's it can be used in different ways. So in your bank account, if you've listened to our savings episode, it might say you're getting 1% per year yep. um, interest rates. So um, if you have $100 in your savings account, for example, you might be getting $1. Yep. Um, but if you're um, paying interest, um, like say you had $100 uh, credit card debt and you were paying the full amount of interest, 20%, you might be paying $20 um, yep to the bank each year just to keep this debt running. Yeah, and this is why it can be such a vicious thing for people because it's, as we said in, when we talked about compound interest, it's everything working in against, against you. So you're actually, if you don't pay it back, you've got more to pay back next year. Yeah. And this is where the cycle begins and it becomes very, very scary for a lot of people, particularly when you start talking about multiple credit cards, multiple debts, like as in personal loans, mortgages, you can see why people end up in a pretty tough situation. Yeah, and if you do bury your hand, head in the sand for a few years or hide the, the envelopes that are coming from the bank, it can quickly snowball out of control, yep. um, which is one of the worst things about debt, that it just keeps growing yep. um, if you don't pay it back. And sometimes it grows at a faster rate than even you could possibly pay it back, which is why there's fantastic people in Australia that are free to use called financial counsellors who can actually go to the bank on your behalf and help you um, get a better deal and help you deal with this in a more manageable way and actually help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Most people end up in this situation not because of their own choice. They typically end up in it out of habit and out of poor money hygiene. So this is one for me too. I ended up with a massive personal loan straight out of school because I wanted some of the materialistic things in life. I thought having a nice car would bring me happiness. It didn't. It actually just brought me misery because I was paying $450 a month or something like that, which at the time was a lot of money to me when I was going through uni. I was paying that off um, and I didn't really have any money left over to spend it, spend on things. And so even though I had this car, what could I do with it? Well, not that much. And so looking back on it now, I would have much rather just to keep that money to myself. And that, hang, that hung around for a few years until I sold the car at a loss. Um, I actually did a, a study quite a few years ago that if you took a if you bought a twenty five thousand dollar Holden Commodore, and you paid seventeen percent interest on a personal loan, which is a little bit higher than what they typically are now, over the, the I think it was five to seven years, that would end up costing you seventy five thousand dollars or thereabouts 
in maintenance, in interest, in loan repayments, in all of those things that you've got to pay. So these things, you know, we think are kind of like just little things, um, but they actually have a massive um, potential to work against you and they do it in ways you don't even notice. So, you know, that's even before in this example, we talked about the, the value of the car falling. So there, are, there is good, you've probably heard this before, there is good debt, bad debt um, and you know, obviously we would love to all say that we're debt free, but that's not always the case. And so, Kate, what would be an example of something that we call consumer debt? It seems very financy, but there's a difference between consumer debts and other types of debt, right? Yeah. So a consumer debt, I would say, would be a credit card debt that you're not paying off each month. So mm-hmm. it is growing um, and maybe they're starting to charge you 20% interest on mm-hmm. that each year. So it it does keep going up and sort of compounding, but not in the best direction. Yeah. And these are really nasty, right? Because they yeah. have high fees, high interest, and they're hard to close. Yeah. And sometimes people get incentivized to opening up a credit card because of the points or the rewards, or they're offered a $500 gift card. And then they end up getting hooked on this cycle of debt that they just can't catch up with because it's very easy to, if you have a transaction account that's only got $500 in it, that's all you can spend. Um, Otherwise you have to take some money from your savings account or something like that. But with a credit card, they'll often give you $10,000 credit limit. So you can spend up to $10,000 before Anyone actually asks any questions and no one's supervising this. It just, you can keep spending and spending and spending and you get up to $10,000 and there's no way you can pay that back in a month or two months. Mm. It's going to take you years of your salary to pay down that $10,000 or why it's growing in the same process. Yep. And the banks know when you turn 18, they know when income is in your account. They know if you're a good saver because that, the way they can see it right so they can target you with these with these schemes and advertisers know this as well they can put if you're on a, a website for debt help that you'll probably see um, advertising on that website because you're tracked through the internet they'll probably show you know advertisements for debt consolidation strategies which as we'll get to probably aren't necessarily the ideal thing either so we've got credit cards kate they're kind of the thing that we all kind of jump to we know they're pretty nasty we want to get rid of those asap um what about this thing called buy now pay later Yes. So as listeners will probably be aware of things like Afterpay, Klarna, ZipPay, uh, there is so many. If you just look around the the trams in Melbourne or the bus shelters, there's ads everywhere Mm -hmm. for companies where you can not pay for the thing up front, but pay it off in interest-free installments. Or sometimes there are fees um, and interests applied depending on what it is. Sometimes you can even borrow like you could even um, pay things in installments over a two-year period and like it might be a $5,000 holiday. Um, so it's just an expanding industry. And I think that gets people, they their marketing plays on that materialistic side. So mm. when you see the marketing, it's always to do with get that pair of jeans right now or get that holiday right now. And so they're playing on our sort of consumer psychology that we, we want everything right now. And so you're getting stuck in this cycle where instead of saving up for something that you really want, you just get it now and then you're paying it off in multiple installments. And then there may be interest involved or you may be paying late fees that are quite significant if you miss a payment. Mm. And so this is just another thing that is kind of up against us as consumers. The advertisers know what makes our monkey brains tick 
And one of those things is instant gratification. So they know that impulse purchases are a thing that most people succumb to. And they know that most people don't like delayed gratification, which is the other side of things. Even though it works for some people, it doesn't work for a lot of us. And so we are kind of targeted with these gimmicks and these these kind of debt structures that end up just kind of soaking right into our psyche. And then we think to ourselves, oh, I'll just do it now. That seems about right. The marketing looks good. Um, there are some other loans that people should know about. The, the credit cards and buy now, pay later are pretty nasty, but the others that are pretty nasty too are payday loans, which typically, and I hope no one listening to this has fallen into this, but this is a, a loan structure that you can get from places like Cash Converters and there's another organization called Money3, there's Nimble. There are a few others that offer these quick money kind of loans with ex- in my opinion, extortionate interest rates, not necessarily from those providers, but just in general, um, I think they're outrageous. And the funny thing about finance is we charge the most to the people that can afford it the least. And so, because that's because they're the riskiest people to lend to. So the people that already have five credit cards are more risky than the one that doesn't have a credit card, but yet they're the people that are most vulnerable. So these organizations, charge that interest rate so they can cover their losses. But the other two that I want to touch on are personal loans. Personal loans come in the form of unsecured, meaning that they could be like, I want to go on a holiday. Here's a $10,000 personal loan. And that's how they're often advertised. Yep, that's it. And the other ways that it can be secured, so you can have a car loan, which kind of doubles as a personal loan, which is basically the bank saying, we'll give you a loan. Maybe you get a slightly better interest rate, uh, but we'll apply that against the car. If anything should happen, we get the car um, and then you make up the difference. Neither of these two things are that cool. Um, we hear a lot about things like um, novated leasing. We hear about things that come through like fleet financing and those types of things, which come through like your employer or something like that. And they are billed as schemes that help you save on tax. Um, the news flash is you have to pay for it. No matter where it comes from, you have to pay for it. You might pay a little bit less in tax, but honestly, in my research, they can all be avoided if you can. Um, you can get very low interest rates from car dealers and those types of things. If you are thinking that way, I would say shop around before you go and do it because chances are a, a bank can provide a better loan. And what I mean by that is low fees um, that really works with your situation. So those are the, the typical types of consumer debts. Um, there are other forms of debt, which we'll get to in a moment. But... Um, I guess one of the big ones is mortgages, which we, we can tackle in a minute. But Kate, why should paying off debt be a priority for people? Well, paying off debt should really be a priority because it's something that pulls you backwards. So if you're trying to set up your finances for the future and move forwards and you're thinking about investing eventually, having this debt that keeps pulling you, so it's kind of like that ball and chain image that yep. people you use. See it but um, you're trying to move forwards and this debt keeps pulling you backwards and it keeps growing at a much faster rate than you can move forwards. Because when it comes to investing, like if your credit card is charging 20% interest a year, so it's the $100 becomes 120, becomes 150, Mm. it keeps growing. you cannot invest at that rate very rarely. And so it's it's something that stops you moving forwards. And to us, it's usually the priority. Um, Maybe you want to put a little bit of money as the float we mentioned in our emergency fund episode, just so you've got that in case, but 
consolidating and paying off that debt, talking to a financial counsellor is really your first point of call um, to move forward with your financial future. Yeah. So you mentioned financial counsellor there. Um, are they free? Yes. So um, just Googling the National Debt Helpline, we'll include a link in the show notes. This is a free service, um, independent, completely independent. They're well-trained people that can really go into bat with you and um, help you develop a strategy for paying off your debt. They can negotiate with the banks. Um, most banks have a financial hardship team now, um, especially post-COVID. They've had to develop all of these new systems. So they can really find a system and a payment plan that works for you because you might um, might find out there's a better way to do it and they are the experts in this area. So just to confirm, it doesn't cost you anything and you can get these people on your side to do it for you. If you're yes. the type of person like me who kind of um, gets the trembles under a bit of pressure, um, you can actually just go to them and say, hey, this is my situation. This is what I'm feeling. This is how um, bad it's got. Can you help me? Yeah, and they, they deal with it every day. They so. deal with it every day. So they know the strategies. They know that the banks have certain rules in place for hardship and um, they can they can go to bat for you, which is fantastic. Um, there's another type of debt here, which we didn't really mention, which is about loans from family and friends. If you're in that situation, you can talk to them about it as well. Um, you know, they tend, don't tend to work out too well, but um, there's a fantastic book on this called The Richest Man in Babylon. It seems weird. The first chapter is bizarre. I found it really weird. It was written over 100 years ago based on stones, the, the story of paying down debts um, written on a stone that was over, I think, 3,000 years old or something from Babylon. And so they've illustrated through this book the timeless principles of paying back loans and why it can be hard but so rewarding. So there are two other forms of debt which we should talk about. The first is mortgages. Yes. And the second is hex debt, which many or hex or help debt um, that many of Australians who have been through uni or TAFE will be aware of. Yeah, I've got hex debt. Yes. Do you have hex debt? Yes, it's still growing because yeah. I went back to study more. Yeah. So, so some things to know about mortgages. Um, mortgages are applied against a house. So if you don't pay your mortgage, the bank takes your house. And that's why the interest rate on a mortgage is lower than it is on, say, like a personal loan or a credit card because the bank's always got something that they can get their money back from, which is your house. A hex is what you accumulate from studying at uni or from any type of um, adult-based education, basically. And the idea is, is the hex is that you pay it back when you earn a certain amount of money. So that over time, the, the brackets have changed, meaning that if you get to say 50, I don't know exactly the number is right now when you're listening to this, but if you get to say $50,000, you might pay an extra 4% in tax every year. So your employer automatically takes that out for you. Um, if you're a contractor, you'll have to be aware and take that out for yourself. So if you are billing and have your own ABN, take that extra bit of tax out. Um, and if you earn say $70,000, then you might pay a bit more as well. So it's, it's just about making sure that you repay the student loans that you yeah. have. And my biggest tip is that when you're filling, when you start a new job and they give you that tax file number declaration form that you have to fill in, there's a box in there that you can tick to declare that you have a student loan and your employer will take yeah. extra tax because I had a friend who didn't tick that box and then got to the end of the financial year and then found out she had to pay quite a bit extra to the tax office because yeah. she hadn't been paying her tax off during the year. Yeah. And it's much easier to have it on a monthly basis as part of your salary. For sure. Because it's out. a meaningful amount. Yeah. And once you start earning, um, I think 
it changes every year. So just Google hex uh, repayment rates or something like that. Yep. Um, it's all on the ATO's website, which is our tax office, um, and they'll have all the details there as well. And speaking of which, that's where you go to find out how much hex you have, right? Yeah, through the um, your MyGov account. It'll yeah. give you a full breakdown of how much you have accrued and yep. whether it's growing. And you can see how much you're. Yeah, it's growing. How much you're repaying. So. The MyGov account is a great thing for any type of um, management of money because you can manage your, your tax affairs in there, you can manage your super and you can manage your hex in there as well. So go and check that out. And the other one is a mortgage, which we mentioned just quickly there. So you wouldn't have a mortgage unless you own a house. Um, the mortgage typically comes in a few different varieties. The You get like a, a variable rate, which is where the interest rate changes depending on what the interest rate is from the bank that month, or you have a fixed rate or you have a combination of the two. So you can, for example, let's say you had a $650,000 mortgage. You might say, I want $150,000 as variable and I want the rest fixed. So then that would give me some security of knowing exactly how much I'm going to repay at what time. Unfortunately, if you go and fix your loan, it's great for you, but if you ever want to get out of it, before the term, so if it's a three-year fixed, if you try and get out of that fixed rate, say two years in, the bank might charge you what's called a break fee and a break fee can be pretty nasty. So yep. you just want to make sure you're fixing the right amount for the right duration. And you can talk to a mortgage broker a about mortgage that broker and we'll one to go with. share more about them in our expert episode. Yeah. So we've got two episodes in the starter pack coming up, one on property and one on finding the right experts for your situation. So both of those, in both of those, we'll talk about mortgages. But broadly, we don't, well, I don't think that you should pay back your hex in a hurry. No, it I does don't. impact your ability to get a mortgage when you go for a home, keep that yeah. in mind. But because the interest, air quotes, is so low from the government, it's almost not worth paying it back in a hurry. Unless they give you some sort of two-for-one deal, mm. um, it's not really... There used to be some really nice used incentives to pay, back, to pay it off. Uh, your hex ahead of time and get a 20% discount. Yeah. So you don't get that anymore. No. Um, if they ever bring that back, let us know. <laughs> and so the other thing is with your mortgage, you probably don't need to pay it back right away. There's just probably no need to go and do that uh, right now. Uh, you can probably get ahead on it by using what's called a redraw or a offset account, but we'll talk about that soon. Kate, there are two approaches to paying off debt, which we want to talk about, which is probably why you're listening to this episode. What are they and how do they work? Absolutely. So if you just have one single debt, so if it's just one credit card, well, that would be your first point of call. Just work out the most strategic way to pay that off. Maybe you're going to talk to a financial counselor to see if they can get you onto a, a better rate when you're paying it off or something like that. But if you have multiple debts, so maybe you've used a few different buy now, pay later services and you have a credit card, maybe you've got a payday loan as well. Actually just going through being super honest with yourself and writing out all of those debts, um, what are the repayments each month? What are the interest rates? Is it interest-free? Are you paying 20%? Are you just paying a late fee each month? So just like putting it all down on paper, doing all that research so you know what the priorities are. And then one of the approaches you can use is that the debt snowball. And mm -hmm. that's more playing on your psychology where you just want to feel like you're making progress. So regard instead of once you've got them all written down on paper, instead of paying the most logical one off first, you pay the smallest one off first. And so you go, okay, I managed to do that one. I've had a win today. Now I'll attack the second. You feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, the second biggest one. And then slowly you work your way up to the, the nasty, hairy one yep. um, at the very end. Um, so then you feel like you're actually making progress along the way. Yep. 
And that's, I personally, I love the idea of the snowball because as it rolls downhill, you build momentum. It gets bigger and bigger. And I love the psychological hacks we can play on ourselves to get more out of life. And so being able to pay back a $2,000 credit card versus a $10,000 credit card, sure, you might in theory be better off paying back the $10,000. So you might have a big interest bill on that, which works too. But a lot of people don't run marathons. They they're good at sprinting and that's about it. And so the way you do that is you sprint to the first one, you get it done, then you recharge and you go for the second one. And uh, that's basically the snowball analogy. So those are the two best ones. If you're seriously in a world of pain with your um, money, the best thing to do is to speak to the National Debt Helpline. They are truly experts, world-class experts in helping you pay back your debt. And you know you're not the only one um, because it's free and the government does it for you. So get a hold of them. Um, there is one final thing where we talk about debt consolidation. I should talk about the other strategy first. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go, oh, go yeah, so it, the yes. other one, like if you, the debt snowball was the hacks yes, on your psychology, yes. but the, the other one's like the debt avalanche method. And so you're, once you've written down all the debts you have on the piece of paper, you might have your buy now, pay laters, your credit cards, your personal loans, then order them in the the worst one with the highest interest <laughs> yeah, rate. The ugliest one. The ugliest looking one first. Maybe you want to talk to the financial counselor for help with this or a friend or family just to sort through it. Um, but maybe like you might have just a low interest credit card at the very end. So you might go, I'm going to tackle the personal loan first or whatever it is for your situation. So you tackle the worst one first, the worst one that's causing you the most financial pain and then work back to the easiest one. Yep. So that... Um, that might save you more money in interest payments over time, um, but it could also be very scary to start with the biggest one. Yep. And so this is where the debt consolidation kind of comes into it. If you have a really nasty loan up the top of your credit card, and that's the the real the one that's doing you a lot of grief, and then down the bottom you still have a balance available to you in the one that's not as bad. Some people think, well, we'll take the money from the not as bad one, and we'll use that to pay off the really bad one and close that straight away. In theory, that works. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, they then end up with two balances that are huge and they forget to repay for whatever reason because life gets in the way. If you are going to consolidate, you really need to make it count. And so write it down, tell someone else what you're planning to do and make sure they're kind of your guardian angel here to make sure you actually pay it back. Yeah, and I definitely talk to the the free financial counselors that are independent before doing that. Yeah, because there, there could be things about it where you end up in a bit of a bind and you you find yourself in a situation where you have two debts rather than one. There might be costly fees or whatever. You, the, the, the reality is just talking to the credit card companies and the, the banks, they're forced to offer hardship plans. So they they the the counselors can argue for you and maybe get you paying back fewer fees. Like if there's say like a $500 fee to exit or something like that, what you might find is that they can go into bat and get that down to 200 bucks or get it wiped or something yeah. like this. So yeah, and just call up your loan provider and ask to talk to the hardship team. Yeah. Um, that And sometimes you can even negotiate if it's been many years that you haven't paid this debt off, you might be able to come to some agreement that we I pay half the amount and we close it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depends if like there's debt collectors involved and things like that. Yeah. And you can um, – you can – use some other strategies to pay this back other than just debt consolidation you can sell things so it sounds very simple but it is um, you can sell uh, the items that you maybe once bought with the debt 
and start to reduce the headache that way. And what you'll find is that it's actually pretty rewarding to pay to sell this stuff on Facebook Marketplace, on Gumtree, etc. And people do want your stuff. This is a way that you can juice your emergency fund, if you go back to that episode, where you just get that immediate $2,000 balance or you get 1000 bucks, or you get 500 bucks. Just sell the stuff that you don't need. And it actually is refreshing to just clean out, you know, whether it's clothes, whether it's a, you know, a TV, whether it's a bike, whatever. Just chuck it online, see if someone wants it. Um, so that, these are some great strategies. So we've got if you must consolidate, find some things you can sell to juice that balance. You can use the debt avalanche strategy, which is the nasty one first, or you can use the snowball one, which is where you hack yourself and you pay off the little one first. Um, there, there are plenty of other ways that you can pay back debt. And one of the ways, you know, that is a big consolidation into your mortgage. So if you have a mortgage, you might be able to leverage that. Um, and of course, people tend to think that you can go for bankruptcy, although that is incredibly painful from what I know about the process. Um, and it can affect you for a long period of time. So, Kate, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of being in debt. How do you stay out of debt? Yes. So I think the first thing is go back, listen to our prior episode about getting an emergency fund sorted. That has saved many people in our community from actually getting into debt in the first place and putting that money aside. Um, And then also, if you are in debt and you've gotten out, having a look at how you actually got into debt in the first place and how can you put some steps into place to avoid getting Mm. into that situation again. Some people I know it's because they're just way too generous in helping everybody and anybody and then they don't get any of that money back and so they personally get into a lot of financial difficulty just because they want to help everybody it's very Um, prevalent with big families too because you want to help out your siblings and it's kind of like you need to put on your own emergency mask first in this situation so are there strategies you can put into place to stop yourself getting back into this debt situation and then also Closing the accounts. Once you've paid it off, properly close all of these personal loans. Close the buy now, pay later accounts. You can email them and just say, please close my account now that it's paid off. Close the credit cards. Don't just chop them up. Actually call them and say, could I please close this account? And they'll make it hard. They'll make it hard. Yeah, it's actually quite... You Some of the credit cards I've closed in the past, you actually have to call up and have a half an hour conversation about why you're closing, blah, 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 blah. It's not that easy on the app. So just be careful there. Um, a lot of people get very excited, chop them all up and don't close yeah. them and then they get stung with annual fees and things and sometimes like Sometimes they're just deactivated and not closed. Yeah. Do not be seduced by them. They're very skilled in their work. And oftentimes the people that you call are not based in Australia. And so they don't necessarily... Um, upholding the rules that you would think or the standards that you would associate with a a reputable company. And getting into the habit of saving up for things, I think that's really important for everything you do with your finances, just being used to, yes, going on holiday is an amazing thing. Maybe all your friends are doing it right now, but if you don't have the money aside, if you haven't saved up, maybe you just have to do a few day trips this year and you save up for next year and make that part of your budget. Like. We can do many things with our money, but we can't always have everything at once. And I think Mm. society seems to say, you're entitled to buy all of this right now. And a lot of that's from the marketing and the the money because these credit card companies make a fortune by getting you to pay for uh, holidays you can't afford. So just getting used to that delayed gratification, like you can save up for it. And it feels really rewarding when you save up for it. Absolutely. Yeah, you can do it. And um, this is just the thing. A lot of this episode, we've talked about the tools and the strategies. But the reality is it comes back to you and understanding who you are as a person in order to pay these back. So you can do it. Just focus on resetting your expectations in some regards and use the budgeting 
um, episode we've just done. Um, you can find that in the starter pack. Use the one on the emergency fund because both of those things will be your ticket out of this longer term. It's going to be painful in the short term. So some episode takeaways is that most consumer debts, that's the credit card, buy now, pay later, personal loans, are a bit naughty. We should try and avoid them if we can. Pay them back ASAP. But it's okay to have some types of debt. You, maybe you, you're comfortable with a mortgage. Maybe your hex is um, under control too. That's okay. They're good debts because typically the value of those, um, well, what we get for them goes up. So when you buy something and it goes down in value, like a car, a TV, all these things, typically that's if you have debt against that, that's a bad debt. If the value of that thing is an asset and it goes up, you know, in this case, education is still considered an asset because we benefit from it. These are typically good debts. Um, you can manage them still, so be, be mindful of that. There are two key strategies you can use from a repayments perspective. The um, snowball, which is that small amount um, at first, hack yourself, avalanche, which is where you go for the nasty one first. You just confront it and you go, that's it, you're done. Yeah. Um, take that one first. Consolidation can be a bit prickly, so make sure you are um, thinking carefully about who you are and who you're talking to and getting advice before you consolidate and of course our gold our silver bullet for all debt is speak to your financial counselor it is totally free to call the helpline as well so and you can they even have an online chat function if you google so the easy. national debt helpline now and there is a national small business helpline as well that's yep. been started recently so um, we'll put all of the links in the show notes we've also interviewed a financial counselor in the yep. past so that might be a less scary way to uh hear from one in uh, in person. Yep. And then I guess if you're looking to take something away from this episode, you are currently in debt. For our newer listeners, thinking about if you can use that debt snowball or the debt avalanche method, um, actually just going through writing them just all writing down. writing them down, all your debts. Yeah, yep. it could be a bit scary, but you just need to know what's going on so you can work out a plan to deal with it. And of course, talking to a financial counsellor. Yep. So, and, and for more advanced listeners, maybe those who have paid down those consumer debts and maybe you're thinking, oh, I've got a mortgage, what can I do? Oh, I seem in control of my debts. So the easiest thing you can do right now is get a better rate on your mortgage. This is something that I need to do. I was prompted by my mortgage broker not too long ago. The reality is if you pay even just, you know, half a percent less, so you go from say three and a half percent down to three percent, that could be, um, you know, a few hundred dollars off your mortgage every month. However, if you reduce your interest rate but you keep your repayments high so say you go from three and a half percent interest on your mortgage to three percent but you keep paying as if it was three and a half percent you can actually wipe two three four five years off your mortgage for no other thing than just giving them a call so it's not a tiny thing it's a massive thing it might seem small today but it's super valuable so just getting a better rate on your mortgage is a is a tip there so there is one more thing we should say, which is just enroll in the money and budgeting course if you haven't already. If you're doing the starter pack episodes, all 12 episodes to help you kind of right the ship and build those foundations around money and investing, go and enroll in the money and budgeting course on RASC Education. It is completely free. What I would say is that we're about to get to the fun stuff. Yes. If you've listened this far, we're starting to get to property. We're starting to get to how you can set yourself up with investing and all those types of things. So debt is a very anxious part of people's lives. If you do need help, there is Beyond Blue, many fantastic communities like the Rask Australia community. They can help walk you through things. But it's a pretty tough thing to do to pay down debt, but you'll feel a heck of a lot better for doing it. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me for this conversation about paying down debt. Absolutely. A very important one, Owen, and thank you everyone for listening. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au.